MSW Media. Thank you, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for sponsoring this episode. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DailyBeans and use code 50DailyBeans for 50% off plus free shipping. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, August 18th, 2023. Today, Trump's lawyers urge him to cancel his press conference Monday, where he's promised to release a, quote, bombshell report on voter fraud. Arkansas school districts call the state's education department's bluff by keeping AP African-American studies on the books. Rudy Giuliani made a desperate plea to Trump to pay his legal bills during a Mar-a-Lago meeting. And new footage of Roger Stone participating in the fraudulent elector scheme emerges from The Beat with Ari Melber. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. We got through the week. Uh, we I think did. we got through the week. <laughs> we did. We certainly did. Also, it's Friday. So we have a mega super happy hour to celebrate justice this week. It's going to include myself. It's going to be for the Daily Beans. It's going to be for Clean Up on Aisle 45. And it's going to be for the Jack podcast. Pete Strzok and Andy McKay will be joining me and patrons today at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern to do that whole uh, fantastic bonanza of a of a Zoom call that we do every two weeks. If you want to become a patron so you can participate in those calls and get this show ad-free and early, you can go to patreon.com slash wrote, And we love you. Thank you for supporting this show. David Ehrenberg and I are going to chat a little bit later uh, in this episode. He is the DA at Palm Beach County, and we're going to discuss the legal ins and outs of racketeering and what the charges brought by Fonnie Willis mean in Georgia. So I look forward to that discussion. Uh, besides that, we've got a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Catherine Falders and Jonathan Carl at ABC. Defendant Donald Trump's promised press conference to refute all the allegations in the indictment handed up by Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis is now very much in doubt. And that's according to multiple sources familiar with the matter. Sources tell ABC News that defendant Trump's legal advisors have told him that holding such a press conference with dubious claims of voter fraud will only complicate his legal problems. And some of his attorneys have advised him to cancel it. Trump announced the planned press conference with a social media post shortly after he and 18 co-defendants were indicted on 41 counts late Monday in Georgia. He said he would present, quote, a large, complex, detailed but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia. Uh, you know, that would have been useful information a couple years ago when you filed all those lawsuits. <laughs> so uh, this feels like the health care plan that he kept talking about. Two weeks. It'll be here in two weeks. And then, of course, uh, I think Kaylee McEnany showed up with uh, <laughs> 60 minutes with a big blank binder of a health care plan. It was hilarious. So a lot of people were speculating that by holding this press conference, he could be putting himself in more legal jeopardy. Georgia's Republican governor responded to that with his own social media posts saying the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, anybody with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward with it under oath and prove anything in a court of law. That's Brian Kemp. Campaigning in Iowa, Ron DeSantis said he agreed with Kemp, and so did former Vice President Mike Pence. Ooh, how brave. 
Uh, he said on Wednesday, the Georgia election was not stolen. Now, thanks for now coming out and I saying, know. Thanks for getting some balls. I don't even want to mm-hmm. say that. Vagina's mm-hmm. way stronger than balls. So whatever it is. Way. Keep your ovaries inside your bodies, fellas. It's safer. <laughs> Georgia's 2020 presidential election has been thoroughly examined and re-examined and re-examined. The results were confirmed in three separate counts, including a hand count of nearly five million ballots cast in the state. Under Attorney General Bill Barr, Trump's own Justice Department looked into allegations made by Trump. So did the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. So did, I think, uh, B.J. Pack, who eventually had to resign his position. He was a U.S. attorney in Georgia, Northern District, I believe, uh, if memory serves. So everybody and their mom looked into this. Even the cyber ninjas, uh, arm of the cyber ninjas couldn't find anything. uh, And those folks ended up being indicted, too. So uh, there's no voter fraud. And we'll see if he goes forward with this press conference. I kind of want him to. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Or whether he takes the advice of his legal counsel. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. All right. I almost want to read this like a storybook, but this is from Caitlin Collins and Paula Reed at CNN. I just want to be like, once upon a time, there was a criminal named Rudy Giuliani, and he traveled to Mar-a-Lago with his (laughs) lawyer in recent months on a mission to make a personal and desperate appeal to former President Donald Trump to pay his legal bills, everyone. Okay, well, by going in person, a source familiar with the matter told CNN, Giuliani and his lawyer, Robert Costello, believe that they could explain face to face why Trump needed to assist his former attorney with his ballooning legal bills. Well, Giuliani and Costello traveled to Florida in late April, where they had two meetings with Trump to discuss Giuliani's seven-figure legal fees. <laughs> this is just like, isn't it? Tale as, tale as old as time. So like, good. <laughs> Making several pitches about how paying Giuliani's bills was ultimately in Trump's best interest. But the former president, who is notoriously strict about dipping into his own coffers, didn't seem very interested in paying for Giuliani's bills. Now, after Costello made the pitch, Trump verbally agreed to help with some of Giuliani's legal bills without committing to any specific amount or timeline. Well, Trump also agreed to stop by two fundraisers for Giuliani. On a separate source, that's what they told the news at CNN. Another source told CNN that Trump only agreed to cover a small fee from a data vendor hosting Giuliani's records. Well, we covered this in a story, uh, I believe it was last month. Months later, Trump Save America PAC paid $340,000 to that vendor, Trustpoint. Federal campaign filings show this. Now, CNN has now confirmed the payment was intended to settle Giuliani's outstanding bill with the company. Yeah, that's new because we had sort of drawn those, connected oh, those dots. Oh, that's true. That wasn't official, but you know, but beans are beans. It's, now it's official. Beans come true. Another attorney for Giuliani referenced that same payment in court Wednesday, telling a New York state judge at a hearing that the former New York mayor does not have the money to pay additional legal costs to produce the records in a defamation lawsuit brought by voting technology company Smartmatic, claiming financial hardship. Now, the attorney also referenced the one-time payment from Trump Save America PAC, and sources confirmed Giuliani had not received any additional payments since then. While Smartmatic has sued Giuliani over the 2020 election lies, he's peddled on Fox News and other right-wing networks. Giuliani's trip to Mar-a-Lago, which has not been previously reported, by the way, indicates the level of financial stress that he has been facing for months as his legal troubles have continued to pile up. Giuliani, maybe you shouldn't have worked for a schmuck that wasn't paying you for so many decades. Maybe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe stop like, breaking the fucking law. How about that? <laughs> he was like, uh, I should be getting $20,000 a day. And Trump's like, nah, bro. Um, I'm not sure why he thought. I mean, uh, 
Like, how do you not know? We all saw that. We all none. I would never, if I were a lawyer, expect to be paid by Donald Trump. Why would you? Uh, it just it makes a zero sense. But what CNN left out here is that there is a Smartmatic suit, too, but also the Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss defamation. Suit oh, yeah. Was the, you know, three hundred twenty thousand dollar trust point payment. Uh, he also claimed in that suit that he was broke and he's been sanctioned and is now facing severe sanctions, even though he has turned in a, a thing saying, oh, OK, I lied uh, when I when I accused them of, of uh, you know, voter fraud. But uh, the judge was like, you didn't say that you lied hard. You know, you didn't do it hard enough. So do it again. And he did it again. And it's still stupid. So he's probably going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> say you're sorry and mean it. Nope. Exactly. It was like, I'm sorry you feel that way. It was like one of those, you know, yep. <laughs> one of those apologies where you're like, fuck you. All right. From the Daily Beast, MSNBC's The Beat aired exclusive footage Wednesday of Roger Stone working to overturn the 2020 presidential election before the election had even been called for Biden. The video, originally obtained by Danish filmmaker Christopher Guldbranson for his 2023 documentary A Storm Foretold, shows Stone dictating to an associate on a laptop a strategy to thwart the will of the voters. Quote, although state officials in all 50 states must ultimately certify the results of the voting in their state, the final decision as to who the state legislature authorizes to be sent to the Electoral College is a decision made solely by the legislature. That's on a video uh, of him saying that, dictating that on November 5th, right? Because the, 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 the election wasn't called till November 7th. I remember it well. That is a date which he would have otherwise been in prison for for lying to Congress, obstructing a congressional investigation and tampering with a witness had Trump not commuted his 40 month sentence that summer. Quote, any legislative body may decide on the basis of overwhelming evidence of fraud to send electors to the Electoral College who accurately reflect the president's legitimate victory in their state, which was illegally denied him through fraud. That's what he said. He continued uh, on dictating saying, quote, we must be prepared to lobby our Republican legislatures by personal contact and by demonstrating the overwhelming will of the people in their state, in each state, that this may need to happen. MSNBC anchor Ari Melber noted that what Stone has captured on video doing occurred before some of the 19 defendants indicted by Fonnie Willis put forth their own similar plans. The 98-page indictment also lists 30 unindicted co-conspirators, a number in which it is possible Stone is included. Melber noted that Stone did not respond to a request for comment from MSNBC. Stone likewise did not respond to questions from the Daily Beast. After the clip aired, Gold Branson told the Daily Beast that Stone is, quote, upset about the publication of the video, but added, I respect that he has been able to restrain himself from going after me. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> it is of note that on November 5th, when the video was made, Roger Stone was out on bail after being convicted in the Mueller probe. And as you know, you're not allowed to crime when you're out on bail. So we'll see if his involvement in the fraudulent elector scheme rises to the level of criminality. And AG, I don't know if you saw this, but it's from Reuters. Trump's lawyers, they proposed an April 2026 <laughs> start date for his 2020 election for the trial. 2026. Yeah. <laughs> 2026. For, yeah, for the Judge, Judge Chutkin DC uh, yeah. coup indictment by Jack Smith. We're going to talk about that on uh, this weekend's episode of the Jack podcast. So tune into that. The reason the reasoning behind that date, by the way, is that they determined that the average amount of time it takes from charging and to conviction to termination of the case is two and a half years. So they're uh, like, that's how long it. No, no, sorry. No, 
Not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right. This is from Austin Bailey at the Arkansas Times. Now, I love this story, actually. Schools in Little Rock, North Little Rock, and Jonesboro say they'll continue to offer AP African-American studies despite a last-minute maneuver by the Arkansas Department of Education to defund and discredit the class. You know who's running? Who's, like, proposing this shit in Arkansas? I'll give you one guess. The Huckabeast? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, these schools, and this includes Little Rock School District Central High, North Little Rock High School, Jacksonville High, and the Academies of Jonesboro, along with the charter schools, North Little Rock Center for Excellence and E-STEM High School. That one's an important one. They've all confirmed that they will offer the course and calculate grades on the same elevated five-point GPA scale as other advanced placement classes. Now, a message sent to E-STEM parents revealed details about how the state conveyed the last-minute news to the schools. In fact, ESTEM students had already been in school for more than a week before their high school director got word of the state's decision. Now, joke's on the state here. Since ESTEM will not only continue offering the class, but it's going to award the school's first Medal of Historical Pursuit and Valor to the students who complete it. Mm -hmm. I love that. The Jacksonville North Pulaski School District confirmed Thursday that they will also continue to offer the class. I love that they're telling (laughs) Huckabee, go fuck yourself. Now, education supporters and representatives of these Arkansas schools that committed to offering the class said they're exploring options for covering test costs for the AP African-American Studies exam since the state's no longer going to do that. Unlike with every other AP class, by the way. Unbelievable. Uh huh. It remains unclear why the education department waited until Friday before school started for most students in the state to pull the plug on state recognition of the course. Students at Central High and Little Rock and at the academies at Jonesboro, they took a first-year pilot version of the class last year, and the state honored those credits. Now, adding to the state system in 2022, the class was not removed from the database of approved classes until Friday afternoon. So all these kids had already signed up for it. All right. Mm, Yeah, just pulling the rug right out from under them. Absolutely. The College Board, the organization that approves curricula and crafts exams for these high-level courses that can qualify students for college credits, is expanding this year on last year's pilot, by the way. More than 700 schools across 40 states in Washington, D.C. will offer the class this school year. Of those, Arkansas is the only one to far raise a fuss. And I don't know about that because, Flo- oh, got it. Florida's not among them, by the way. Florida's not among the states offering the course. We know that after Governor DeSantis banned it in January. Now, the College Board's rollout of the course extends beyond the norm with two pilot years instead of one as the organization finalizes curricula amid a conservative freakout about academic attention on traditionally marginalized groups. Unbelievable. AP African American Studies is now in its second pilot year. Students can take an exam to potentially earn college credit for the first time in May of 2024. While the Arkansas Department of Education has claimed one reason to not recognize the course is that, and I quote, the course may not articulate into college credit, I I call bullshit, more than 200 higher education institutions, including the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, they've committed to give a credit to students who score well on the exam. So it's just gross. It's just racism. They're trying to erase history. This is this is Huckabee Sanders. She's super proud of the education changes she's making down there. It's awful. Yeah. All other AP courses are credited and paid for the exams and paid for. by the state, except this one. Fantastic. 
Well, I, I'm glad. I love seeing these school districts in Arkansas sticking it to them, being like, "No, we're offering it," and the colleges are like, "Yeah, we're giving credit. Go yep. f yourself." I don't know why I abbreviated "fuck" right there. This is Go the beans. That's right. Fuck that, Allison. <laughs> Fuckity fuck fuck. All right, we will be right back with fucking Palm Beach County DA Davis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, he'll appreciate that I did that, Dave. Dave Ehrenberg. He's awesome. He's the he's the DA for Palm Beach County. We're going to talk a lot about ins and outs of racketeering and answers. He's going to answer some questions that uh, y'all might have, particularly about, you know, how there's 34 predicate crimes and two of them have to be proven and that how that takes down everybody, even if you weren't involved in some of the conspiracies. It's really, really incredible when you break down this this statute and how powerful it is for prosecutors. So stick around. We'll be right back with that discussion after this quick break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Let me tell you about something that makes my days so much easier. I use HelloFresh. This innovative service delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients along with easy-to-follow recipes directly to your door. It's a great way to save time and money. I don't have to worry about meal planning or prep or making time to go shopping. Plus, cooking at home has never been easier or more rewarding or delicious. I get excited for every delivery, and you will too. You've got places to be, and standing in the checkout line is not one of them. Leave the meal planning and grocery shopping to HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DailyBeans. That's 50DailyBeans. And use code 50DailyBeans for 50% off plus free shipping. Say goodbye to the end of summer blues and hello to flavorful autumn. I love the fall. With HelloFresh, their carefully planned meals and pre-portioned ingredients make cooking easy. And for those extra busy days, do not fret. HelloFresh offers quick and easy dinner options, plus speedy breakfasts and lunches. Enjoy a satisfying homemade meal in just 15 minutes. It's home cooking reinvented. Saves me so much time. Yesterday, I had a chance to try another one of their Hall of Fame recipes. It's the teriyaki chicken tenders with jasmine rice and green beans. It's so good. Rich teriyaki glaze with soy sauce and garlic and ginger and sesame mm, onto each tender piece. It's delicious. Resting on a bed of jasmine rice and complemented by crisp green beans. The dish offers a tour de force of Asian-inspired flavors. It's a meal that both kids and adults will find irresistible and easy to love. So take a bite out of summer. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DailyBeans and use code 50DailyBeans for 50% off plus free shipping. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm happy to be joined today by Palm Beach County DA, good friend of mine. We met I believe at Ellie Honig's book release party, and we we chewed the law bones for a while there. Please welcome Dave Ehrenberg. Allison, it is great to be back with you. It is always good to see you, my friend. You always have the best information, and you're down there right now in the snake pit in the in the South, where where two of these four indictments are taking place. And we might talk about Florida, but what I really want to talk about today is DA Fonnie Willis and her 98-page indictment of 19 defendants with 41 counts and 161 overt and predicate acts. Let's talk a little bit about that. What are your top-line thoughts about this massive, sprawling racketeering charge? I was surprised. I think this is the first indictment that surprised me because when you compare it to Jack Smith's indictment over a similar subject matter, uh, this one is far more sweeping and ambitious and daring. I mean, Jack Smith's indictment was built for speed. He didn't even include the other six unindicted co-conspirators because he didn't want them to drag the case down. He wanted to expedite this. He got the right judge in Judge Chutkin, and he wanted it to go before the election, and he's going to get his wish. Uh, and I likened uh, Jack Smith's indictment to uh, a tactical missile strike, a precise 
uh, bombing of the MAGA universe. Well, in contrast, Fonnie Willis's is a carpet bombing uh, exercise. Hers was shock and awe. She indicted 19 people, 41 counts, 161 overt acts. And I know what people are saying. Well, uh, there are things in there like tweets he sent out that are not crimes. Well, yeah, an overt act is not necessarily a crime, but it shows. Well, she made that clear in her press conference because she knew everybody, all the right wingers were going to be like, oh, so now calling my mom on a Tuesday is a crime. (laughs) Uh, And I think I think one of the better examples I heard is like, if you're going to go out uh, and you're in you're in the mafia and you're conspiring to put a hit out on somebody and two of your guys stop by at Home Depot and buy cement and buckets and rope, you know, it is not illegal to buy cement, buckets and rope. I've done it. But if you're on your way to murder somebody, then it becomes an overt act in furtherance of that crime. Right. Absolutely. In order to have a criminal conspiracy, you have to have an agreement between two or more people and at least one overt act. And it can be an overt act by anyone involved in the conspiracy. And then you can take them all down. She put out 161 overt acts. And I think you were the first one I saw to say that you counted up the predicate acts for purposes of RICO. And there were 34 predicate acts. And that's different than the 161 overt acts. When you're talking about predicate acts, that goes to the racketeering statute, the RICO statute, where... RICO is involves a, an enterprise that has a pattern of racketeering activity. Well, what is a pattern of racketeering activity? You have to have two or more qualifying acts. Well, she's putting out there 34. So that's why she put all this stuff out. And, and one more thing about it is that I think what she did in the 161 overt acts was she she made it her narrative, her speaking indictment. Other prosecutors will just list the facts in an indictment. She listed the facts via the overt acts. So she just wanted all that stuff to get out there. And it is quite imposing when you say 161 overt acts. It really makes uh, her look like a big baller. And she is because (laughs) this is the first time all of the leaders of the attempted coup are being held accountable. This is an indictment a lot of people are waiting for. This is a mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore indictment. Yeah. And that's sort of what I think a lot of people were expecting from the Department of Justice, right? Like the front page New York Times Watergate scandal with 20 guys on the in in their little pictures, uh, you know, indictments all around. But because we are so close to an election and Trump is running again because we live on Earth, too, I guess, where a thrice indicted and now four times indicted person can still be running for office and be the lead candidate in one of the quote unquote political parties. Let's talk a little bit about the conspiracies and the overt acts, because there are conspiracies within this racketeering enterprise, like, for example, conspiracy to commit forgery. And within that conspiracy, like the fraudulent electors, right? You need overt acts there but not predicate acts to prove the conspiracy. You just need overt acts for that. But within the broader racketeering, the predicate acts that you need two of to prove the overarching RICO statute. And she's got 34. Like you said, I think I was the first one to go through and pull those out. I wanted to know how many there were. I wanted to know how many were on the menu for the jury to choose from. Now, do those have to go to the individual sort of sub- conspiracies, like let's take Ruby Freeman's intimidation conspiracy, for example. 
do you need just two of any of those 34 or do they have to be two of the predicate acts that had to do with that conspiracy? Does that make sense? Because I think there's only two or three or four um, there predicate acts within that little conspiracy to get those guys with Rico, do they have to be the crimes they committed or can they be any of the crimes within the entire enterprise? Well, the benefit of a Rico charge for prosecutors and Rico is like a prosecutor's best friend is that you can bundle together different crimes by different people as long as their acts are in support of a common objective. See, racketeering allows a prosecutor to get the top dog of a criminal enterprise, in this case, it would be Donald Trump, without needing to prove that he directly engaged in the conspiracy. You just have to show that he was the head of the enterprise that carried out the crimes. You don't even have to show that he knew about all the specific crimes or that he ordered the specific crimes. That's the benefit of racketeering. But you do have to have the defendant who has committed at least two of the predicate acts. And in 34, they have enough to get after all the defendants in that indictment, because every single one of those defendants, all 19, are being charged with racketeering, meaning the predicate acts apply directly to them. Ah, so any two, like let's just say it's uh, the the forgery and the the mailing of the false certificates, that could take even the Ruby Freeman intimidators down for Rico because they're all part of the same enterprise. Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. It's uh, wow. it's to go after originally was to go after the mafia. And so you have this this broad law to say you're part of the mafia. And if you engage in, you know, what whatever predicate act, you know, intimidation of witnesses, uh, forgery, well, then you're going to be taken down, too, as long as you are acting in support of a common objective. And when you go and you try to intimidate Ruby Freeman, then you're acting in support of a common objective. Yeah. And I, I think that the the idea was to go after the mafia with the federal RICO statutes. But I actually think the Georgia RICO, RICO statute wasn't really born out of a need to go after the mob, but more of these uh, white collar crimes when they saw how how they were able to use RICO on white-collar crimes by Rudy Giuliani, oddly enough, who is charged here with RICO. When they saw the success they were having applying the racketeering law to white-collar crimes, I think that that's... I'll have to look at the origins of the Georgia RICO law, but I don't think it was the mob down there. You know, um, one of the benefits of using this act is that it allows Fonnie Willis to help the jurors better understand the connection between Georgia and the rest of the country. They get to see the context of the national effort to use fake electors and other illicit means to overturn the election. It provides a lot of context. And I think that can make the difference because otherwise the jurors may be wondering, uh, what, this, why would they care so much about Georgia when Georgia isn't enough to overturn the election? Well, it was part of a national effort to overturn the election. <laughs> So I think that's why RICO is so powerful. Plus, of course, there's the mandatory minimum. There's a lot of uh, questions about whether it's mandatory prison time. I've seen it both ways. I mean, at, at her press conference, Fonnie Willis said it's mandatory prison time. I reread the statute, and it seems like you could avoid, the judge could avoid sending sentencing someone to a mandatory minimum prison time, could give a fine or probation. That's the way I read it. But hey, either way, it is a very tough statute that definitely benefits prosecutors. 
Definitely. And, you know, I think with what Fonnie Willis was talking about was like, maybe you know, I could see a situation where maybe a young kid who really didn't participate in any predicate acts, but was part of some overt acts and is in the enterprise, you know, they might be like a judge might see that person as like, okay, well, maybe we'll do probation here for you. But no one in this, <laughs> no one in this particular criminal enterprise, I think is, are you able to have any pity for, uh, let's just say. And so I, and I think that that's why Fonnie Willis was like, you know, maybe there, maybe you can, maybe it is probatable, but no, no, not for these fellas well, and ladies. Correct. But there definitely are tiers of defendants here. Not everyone is equally culpable and she's counting on that to get some to flip. She's hoping that some of the lesser defendants will flip on the top dogs. And that's the only way she could get this trial before the 2024 election, because there ain't no way she's going to be able to try all 19 people at once in this complex RICO case with 41 counts before the election. It's going to be a case where several defendants plead out. And I still think it's going to be a challenge, even if it's just Donald Trump on trial, to get this done before the election. I think Jack Smith's trial on the election shenanigans will happen before the election because he wrote his uh, his charges in that way. He was very limited in scope. He didn't bite off more than he could chew. It was all about speed, and he's going to be rewarded for that. But this indictment by Fonnie Willis is a tour de force. She should be credited for being ambitious. It just may take a lot longer. Yeah, and uh, I think Trump's filing today is due when he thinks the Jack Smith D.C. trial should be held. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it's going to be in 2025. <laughs> It'll be interesting right. to see what he says. I think uh, Judge Chutkin will probably be closer to what the Department of Justice wanted in January. And one last thing I want to talk about that you mentioned is this this idea that, you know, we expect people to flip and roll in this giant RICO case because of the mandatory minimums, because it's not pardonable. These crimes are not pardonable. And even the pardon board in Georgia, you have to finish your sentence and then wait five years before you can apply for a pardon. So I, I don't see these a lot of these lawyers being too thrilled with having to go to uh, prison for Donald Trump. Uh, so. That's what's fascinating to me. The last RICO, big sprawling RICO case, well, one of the last that she brought, that Fonnie Willis brought, was 35 people in this school administration racketeering. And by the time they got to trial, there were 12 left. That's how many people, that's how many people flipped. And now we've got Burt Jones, who she had to recuse herself from investigating, being investigated by a special prosecutor. We know him to be unindicted co-conspirator number eight out of 30. So it's just going to get big and everyone's going to sort of start ratting each other out. Oh, yeah. And I think that already happened because you didn't see the names Lynn Wood or Michael Flynn in the indictment. I mean, Lynn Wood said he testified before the grand jury for an hour and a half and he was truthful and honest. And Flynn was subpoenaed before the grand jury. I assume he testified, but they're not part of it. So you got to believe that one or more of them gave some really juicy information because otherwise, why aren't they charged as well? And look, Linwood has been roundly criticized for some bizarre activities and his comments in support of Trump have been sometimes off the wall. Uh, he had to give up his law license uh, because of some of this stuff. But he may be crazy like a fox because uh, meanwhile, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, they're all going down for this, but not Lynn Wood. So 
Maybe he knew what he was doing after all. I see. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of folks who aren't flippable, like that that Fonnie Willis is going to be like, nah, I don't (laughs) I don't need, you know, even like we were talking about Rudy Giuliani's proffer session. I'm like, he might have tapes, right? And and Pete Strzok, who who I host Clean Up on Aisle 45 with, was like, yeah, but then you got to put him on the stand. Do you really want to put Rudy? Do you need to put Rudy Giuliani on the stand just to get your hands on those tapes? I'm like, I don't know. But a lot of these folks aren't even I wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole. So they're they're probably the ones that are going to end up at the trial. Rudy Giuliani is so arrogant. Uh, he's a guy who doesn't know what he doesn't know. And I can't imagine him flipping. He'd have to admit that he was wrong and guilty. And here's a guy who built his career on the RICO law. He thinks he knows RICO better than anyone else. So for him to admit that the law got him, whereas I think the opposite is in his mind where he thinks he can get away with it because he knows Rico better than anyone else. He thinks he's smarter than the prosecutor, than he can find the holes and the gaps in the Rico law. You're going to hoist me by my own petard? How dare you? I'm going to show you the opposite. <laughs> it's going to be uh, especially fun to see what sort of uh, landscaping company press conferences he has <laughs> in the next in the coming months. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this, the legal ins and outs. Uh, it really helps to be able to speak to a, a Palm Beach County DA during these times. So I really appreciate you. Tell everybody where they can find and follow you on social media so they can keep up with the information that you put out. Thank you, AG. I am on Twitter. I will not call it by its new name. And that's at Aronberg, A-R-O-N-B-E-R-G. I am on threads and instagram at dave Aaronberg. i'm on tiktok as dave Aaronberg, and i now started a youtube page and i'm starting to put some videos on so uh please check it out it's florida lawman how do you like that name allison florida lawman on youtube <laughs> i like it. it's better than just florida man so thanks <laughs> <laughs> exactly for putting for putting the law piece in there and separating yourself out from the rest we will uh, talk soon, my friend. I know we're going to be having a lot of discussions as as these cases roll on. So thanks so much for coming in today. Everybody, uh, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to give a shout out to a loved one, you want to play what the mutt or what the hequine or give yourself a shout out or your small business a shout out or a small business in your area that you think needs our support, you can do that by sending everything and anything into us. Frog orgies, baby pictures, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. That's how you do it. First up from Valerie, pronouns she and her. Do you ever have moments in your life where you look back and go, whoa, I'm actually a badass? because I'm having one right now. I love this, Valerie. For the past three and a half years, I've been a full-time stay-at-home wife, mama, and homemaker. It's been some of the best, most rewarding years of my life. My husband and I have a set of twins, (laughs) and the journey we had to take to even get to this point has been one marred with challenges, including infertility, pregnancy losses, IVF, as well as two kids in the NICU right at the start of the pandemic. Well, three and a half years later, the twins are on the cusp of starting preschool, and I'm on the cusp of getting back into the paid workforce. I've been bringing them to our local YMCA so they can play for an hour and a half in their little childcare area every morning for the past few weeks so we can get our getting ready and out of the house on time routine down to a science. 
I'm even having them getting used to carrying their comically large backpacks around. So that's one less new thing they have to get used to come their first day of school. It's also getting them used to playing with other kids and interacting with other adults that aren't related to them while giving me an hour and a half every day to unwind, read, work out, or do whatever else my mind or body needs. So today, looking back at everything, I'm proud. I'm proud of the twins for being the awesome kids they are. Proud and so eternally grateful to my husband for having been able to support me and our family in every sense of the term. And so absolutely fucking proud of myself for the awesome job I've done these past three and a half years. Shout out to all you parents out there. Y'all are badasses too. Nice submission. Great. great. So look at these backpacks. <laughs> oh, so cute. I love that they're bigger than they are. The, these backpacks are wearing the children. That's oh, what's happening. So sweet. Awesome. Thank you. What a great, great submission, Valerie. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. All right. This next one's from Defer, pronouns he and him. Listening to talking about how to pronounce Shih Tzu the other day reminded me of a joke my friend once told me. I went to a zoo the other day and they had all they had was a dog. It was a Shih Tzu. <laughs> it was, was a, a shit, shit zoo. zoo. All right. For bet tags, here's my old partner in crime, Toffee the cat, now sadly departed. He was cuddly or violent, depending on his mood. Oh, very cute. Very, very cute. Thank you for that. Thank you for that joke. You want to take the next one too? That was kind of short. Sure, but I think this is for you. This is from Betsy H. No pronouns given. I had to go back and listen to make sure you said frog orgy because we have one in our <laughs> pond every spring. The noises start to get weird out there and then wowza, they have a party. Our grandkids look forward to it each year and comments range from, aw, they're hugging to, wow, what are they doing? Weeks later, they're all looking for tadpoles and it's just great. Love you guys and what you're doing. <laughs> look at the sweet, look at that little gate in this bench though. This is so beautiful, but yeah, that's a threesome right there for you. Nice. Thank you for the menage a frog. Menage um, I, when I was a kid, I was at the zoo and the turtles were humping and uh, I, I was like three and I was like, look, dad, they love each other. I thought that was quite cute. Man, that is very cute. All right. Next up from George Washington, the third. Oh, hello. hello, beans, queens. <laughs> Your work throughout this shit show of a life with the mango Mussolini has been one of the bright spots in our day. My good news is that my podcast crew, the Suffolk and good players, uh, get it? Suffolk, Suffolk and good. Aha. I get it. <laughs> uh, put out a new reindicted set to the tune of Ooh. Reunited by Peaches and Herb after the Jack Smith indictment. And we were hilariously thrilled to see it was still relevant when Fonnie Willis brought down the justice hammer again this week. This may fall under misheard lyrics as well. Um, let's jump to the pet tax first and then give the song a try. Pet tax is our orange himbo cat Milo sitting on my lap and in my recording booth. He hangs out here mostly in the cooler months. I have to shoo him out from time to time because his purring is too loud. He's cute, but not smart. Keep up the excellent work. Look at him. <laughs> oh, my God. So look at that cat. Whoa. OK, let's you be see. Herb. You're reading first. Let's do it. Oh, I don't think I know. I think I only know the chorus. What? All right. I'll go first. You really don't know the. you only know the chorus. I might be able to pick it up. It's been all right. A while. I'm going to butcher either. this shit right now, but just deal with me. All right. Because I, I, I need a key and I don't have one. So I'm going to make one up. All right. You were a fool to ever try and stay inside the White House on that faithful day. It's not just a myth on January 6th. You really tried to coup it, shouldn't you? Tried to do it. Hey, hey. hey. 
I spent the evening with the TV news on. There now you go. I got it. To get the latest on the fate of Dawn. I didn't know Jack, but then I learned all the facts. There's really is no doubt your luck has run out. Hey, 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 reindicted and it feels so good. <laughs> reindicted like you knew he would. <laughs> I wanted to do that, and I also wanted to do... Uh, I was so uh, off-key in the first verse. I apologize to the listeners, but I'm glad it helped you. I'm glad it helped you that I, <laughs> I could take one for the team so that you could sound yep. better in the second one. <laughs> it was the hey, hey, hey. snap me right into it. Perfect. Um, we also were thinking of doing a... Um, uh, we can we can make a lot of... We can get a lot of charges before the sun goes down. Afternoon indict. Oh, afternoon indict. Or um, do you remember... Alanis Morissette's You're Uninvited. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of doing an unindicted co-conspirator song. But you, you are not charged. You're unindicted. An unfortunate (laughs) co-conspirator or something. I don't know. That was terrible. No, it Um, wasn't that bad. I mean, if Alanis listens, she'd probably feel really honored. I got to sing full voice if I do those breaks. Otherwise, the that key it's like right in my break range for falsetto so it doesn't quite would be screaming and you would be plugging your ears and uh that is why she was the voice of god in the movie dogma so because <laughs> she's just yeah you have to sing loud to get those to get those breaks in there anyway wonderful thank you for that and uh stick around after the credits for a sample of the song uh, and the link in the show notes you can take a listen uh, and they want to know. Let us know whether or not we did this song justice. Reindicted. Hey, hey, hey. Very good. You Thanks all for your submissions. <laughs> See, I should get another shot. Inside the White House on that faithful day. All right. Close us out of here before I get carried away. <laughs> it's not just a myth. From January the 6th, you really tried to cue a Tried, tried to, to do, do it. Hey, hey. Oh, that's My so fucking cool. What a great song. So good. All right. Thank you. And there's more. It's going to be in the show notes. There's more to it. Yep. You can hear it. Click in the show notes or stick around after the credits to listen to a bit. Um, all right. It's Friday. You know that that means that uh, we're having our super mega happy hour at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 Eastern. Pete Strzok will drop in. Andy McCabe will drop in. They'll stay as long as their, you know, TV appearances afford them. They they might be in and out, you know, being on TV because they're all famous and shit. Uh, but they're going to come and say hi. So join us there if you want to, again, become a patron. Patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. And for cleanup on aisle 45, it's Patreon.com slash aisle 45 pod. A-I-S-L-E 45 P-O-D. All right. That is the show. Thanks for Dave. Uh, thanks to Dave Ehrenberg for coming out and talking to us about Rico. Do you have any final thoughts before we head out for the weekend? No, everyone have a fantastic weekend. Absolutely. I just want to tell everybody to love yourself uh, and um, be good and kind to yourself and take Please. some time off and, and relax. And, you know, that whole self-care thing, which is built into my sign-off, which I'll do right now. Everybody, thanks. We'll be back on Monday. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. 
Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. This is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.